Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. I'm going to feel that surge of excitement in just a moment. I'm hoping. I may also. I may also try feeling an urge of excitement. Urge of excitement, not surge? Oh, surge. I wasn't even surprised when the music came on. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Too comfortable. <laughs> Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. Michael Godot is off in a hut being haunted by weird alien things he can't explain. But today, we have a special show. Well, you have nothing to say up front, so you're having to pause it out. Yeah. Jason Garfield is here, and he wants to bring juggling to the Olympics. That's right, juggling. That's right, the Olympics. <laughs> here he is, preach the love. Penn Gillette. Yeah, Penn Gillette preaching love. You know, um, Olympics is one of those words that's used to be what it is and also what it isn't. You know, like we had the house cleaning Olympics right. at the Rio. You know, they'll use the word Olympics for other things. So when you say uh, juggling Olympics, yeah, he's already got that. Right. They already called, you know, the whatever it is, World Juggling Federation. Commune? What yes. is it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Federation. World Juggling Federation is right. already the Olympics of juggling. He's done that. Right. But now he wants to go to the Olympics TM. Yeah. The real Olympics. Yeah. The five rings. Yeah. Whole thing. He wants us to be watching, which I would never be. Yeah. Watching TV in the Olympics and say, coming up next, juggling. Now we have Jason Garfield, who is a very, very close friend of mine. I love Jason Garfield. He stayed at my house. I was going to say occasional roommate. Occasional roommate. Uh, I love Jason, known Jason for years and years and years. And when I first met him, he was talking about the World Juggling Federation as a opium pipe dream. Right. And uh, I thought he was, you know, kicking a dachshund up a hill, tilting at windmills. I thought it was a... Uh, eh. I thought it would happen like one year tops. Yeah. And then he got it going and it staggered along at times, but it actually is a real thing. And it's on TV. You can watch it on uh, ESPN, whatever. What is it, Jason? The Ocho? Uh, it's been on ESPN, ESPN2, and then uh, The Ocho, um, and uh, for the fans network as well. It's also been on uh, Indoor Direct uh, TV networks. When you, you ever been to like a KFC and they've got a monitor there showing you a bunch of random stuff, we were on that network as well. Uh-huh. Which actually reaches more people than uh, ESPN. <laughs> more oh, wow. people are in restaurants eating and watching TV. Let me tell you that one of the things that I really enjoyed about becoming a vegan was when I now drive by Kentucky Fried Chicken and it says world famous chicken. Yeah. It now makes me laugh because I don't think about world famous chicken to eat. I think about this is a building for a world famous chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's walking in and looking at the world-famous chicken. Yeah. That's what crosses my mind. So one of the upsides of becoming vegan is you're going to have a laugh in the United States of America every 10 minutes of driving. 
guaranteed laugh of world-famous chicken. That's right. But anyway, besides uh, busting your balls now and again, uh, Jason is somebody who accomplishes things. He has tenacity. Yes. He is like a terrier with a slipper. Yeah. He does not give up. So if someone else were saying we're going to get, you know, if Chris Bliss were saying we're going to get juggling into the Olympics, you know, you'd go, uh, sure, great. Yeah. Groovy. Uh, anybody else were saying it, I would kind of shrug it off. Yeah. Even if five people were working together and it said it, I would shrug it off. But I'm thinking, knowing Jason Garfield as well as I do, there is now a chance that juggling will be in the Olympics. And how are you going about kicking this dachshund up a hill, Jason? Up until this point, I think we had a much better chance of getting into the Olympics until you asked me an actual question. I think you were doing just fine on your own. <laughs> uh, but so now we're going to take a few steps back and I'm going to answer the question, then try to dig myself out of the hole. I will inevitably dig. Uh, what I've realized is that I can kind of recreate myself in uh, different places all over the world and have other people do the same thing that I did with the World Juggling Federation in the U.S. And, and worldwide, of course. But one of the requirements for the Olympics is that you have to have the sport practiced in multiple other uh, countries and continents. There's like a specific number, and there's different different milestones to reach to get into different organizations as you climb your way to uh, International Olympic Committee recognition as a sport. And presumably, you know those numbers, right? Yeah, I do those. I know those numbers. The first milestone... Because if I were saying it, I'd say there's a number, but you know the number. I, I know the number. Uh, the, the first milestone is... 40 countries and three continents. And uh, then the next number up from that would be 72, five continents. We already have the five continents. If anybody knows of a way to teach penguins how to juggle. Challenge accepted. We'll get the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so what I've started doing, I've started creating affiliates. We actually have listeners in Antarctica. Okay, well, uh, have them email me. And I'm sure there's jugglers in Antarctica because the kind of person that juggles is the kind of person who goes to Antarctica. And there's infinite props there. All you have to do is create a snowball. <laughs> yeah. And much, much uh, uh, low barrier to entry in Antarctica. Um, but uh, so I've started creating affiliates. And I really just, uh, you know, uh, open the door open to anybody in the country who wants to basically run their own sport juggling organization as an affiliate of the World Juggling Federation. Uh, we've got a forum. You sign up. You tell me a little bit about yourself and what your goals are with juggling. And, and so there's a lot of people that are behind the sport juggling movement. Um, you can check out the affiliate video, which I'm sure you have, um, where all the affiliates uh, recorded themselves talking about their goals uh, for getting sport juggling going in their country. Okay. And so we have 15 affiliates now. We're on our way to the first, you know, 40. And uh, it's only been a few months so far. Yes, Matt. I have a question. So, like, running is an activity, but when we decide to run for 100 meters, it becomes a sport, right? So what do you have to do to make juggling a sport. Well, let me explain. When Jason uses the word sport juggling, yeah. he is separating it from juggling you want to watch. Okay. Entertaining juggling. <laughs> That's the big change Jason Garfield made. If you go to watch yeah. Michael Goudeau, yeah. and he does 12 minutes, yeah. you're laughing your nutsack off for the whole 12 minutes, and the juggling is pretty good. Yeah. But if you go see a sport juggler, yeah. you are amazed. Your jaw drops. You can't believe it for like two minutes, and then you've lost all interest. <laughs> Isn't that the difference between sport juggling and entertaining juggling there, Jason? Well, uh, happily, the routines only last two minutes. Right, exactly. So you get everything you need out of it. There is, there is no more than two minutes to watch of it, 
and you also wouldn't want to watch more than two minutes of it unless you're a true hardcore dedicated fan of the sport of juggling. So basically, when you see a uh, performance, a juggling performance that lasts 45 minutes or an hour, you are seeing about two minutes of juggling skill spread out over a bunch of talking and jokes and audience participation. Right. Exactly. There's a lot of subtext going on between you two. <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff that you do to turn two minutes of juggling into a show is reverse engineered, deconstructed into just the skill, and then that's the sport. Yeah. You know, skill versus skill. Like when I do juggling in the uh, Penn & Teller show, I do a 13-minute intro to 30 seconds of juggling. Right. And right. <laughs> uh, the 30 seconds of juggling is not Olympic quality. I'll tell you. So you're talking about that 30 seconds. Can you imagine if you let me do an introduction to the juggling you had at the Olympics? I could probably do six, seven hours. <laughs> then bang. Man, the, the deduction points for going overtime alone, I think. You'd, <laughs> you'd have a higher score if you just didn't enter at all. So I will tell you this, and I say this trying to get myself out of the head of a juggler. I want to see myself as not a juggler, as just a regular non-juggling guy. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you that for my money, juggling much more interesting to watch than two-thirds of the things at the Olympics. Sure. Yeah. Well, you may not be aware of this, but you know which sports are now on their way to Olympic status. Bowling. Uh, I haven't heard of that one, but I, don't, I, I wouldn't uh, deny it. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Um, poker. What? Foosball. Poker, foosball, and uh, pole dancing. Now, those have not been recognized by the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, but they have gone through the first steps of getting there. You know, there's all these organizations, these stepping stones that help you get uh, Jason, to the Olympics. Jason, Sport. we're going to cut away from you right now, and we have the person who's pushing for pole dancing to be in the Olympics because we think that person we want to talk to more than you. <laughs> so bring them up, ready. <laughs> When you say <laughs> juggling is more interesting than pole dancing, I have a one-word answer to that. It's a compound word, and that is show by that name. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, well, I, didn't, I don't believe I said it was more interesting. I'm just saying that in the vein of sports that are working their way toward the Olympics, uh, those are a bunch of them. And this year... Um, Polk could be totally jive as Olympics. Break dancing, which they're calling breaking in the Olympics, and okay. uh, rock climbing which I think they're calling climbing. <laughs> so so when, they, when you get to yours, they're going to call it jug. It, it depends. It uh, depends on how much room they have in, in the graphic display. Um, but um, I got to take these all one at a time here. Rock climbing, I get mm -hmm. it's the physical fitness of it. And a lot of people do it. I'm sure it's everywhere. And uh, I'm sure you can make it into the competition thing. No problem. Get that one. Uh, poker, I don't understand at all being in the Olympics. Is chess in the Olympics? Well, the thing that you have to prove, the, the same, no, chess isn't, no. Uh, the thing you have to prove with poker is that, and this is this is always the battle I think that poker players have, is proving that it's skill-based and not just random chance. But even with that being the case, isn't the Olympics about athletics? 
seem to be easing up on that a little bit. And again, it's not in the Olympics. Right. You know, yeah. it's working its way toward it. So these are sports that are trying. But there's nothing in the Olympics that is predominantly intellectually based, is there now in the Olympics? I mean, like you said, there's no chess. Like if chess isn't in, I can't imagine poker getting in. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I do think that there has to be some level of uh, athleticism involved in a sport. Um, Maybe they'll make you do like five separate athletic activities to get each card. Yeah, like what they have that what is the uh pentathlon or something where yeah. you ride a horse and shoot a beaver and uh push an arrow into the air and then dance on the back of a horse and then run around it three times and then you win. That's the event I know. <laughs> standard I, standard pentathlon right there. I should now confess how much of the Olympics I've watched. <laughs> I have watched. It, it might have been a while ago, uh, but there are some sports that are multi-event to create a team score, like in gymnastics. It's not just the floor routine, but the rings and uh, pommel horse and all of that. Right. Um, and in juggling, in juggling, we have, and they actually have. It's it's interesting how they categorize it all because it is a team score, but then they also recognize the one person of that team that scored highest of all of them, and then in each category, so you can win multiple things. So in juggling, we have balls, clubs, and rings. So. You know, you've got a team of, say, five, you know, five people on the U.S. team, and they're all basically doing the same thing, the same uh, the same props, their own different tricks and different scores, and it all adds up. And they're going up against, like, Team Russia with their five jugglers and Team China with their five jugglers. So at the end of all By that— By the way, the United States is losing Team Russia and Team China, just so you know. Well, in juggling, they would not be. I don't think they would be. I really? think juggling would have a very strong, very, very strong, yeah, uh, team. In fact— of the four, the four jugglers in the U.S. that I would consider to be the top U.S. jugglers, I can't think of any uh, jugglers anywhere else in the world that are doing what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the ones that you know about, you know, the ones that uh, they've, they've grown up and they've gotten better since you were doing the commentary at, uh, you know, WJF 11, WJF 12, Spencer, Delaney, Jonah Botvin at Greenhouse, uh, Jack Denger. Well, he makes it sound sporty, doesn't he? He does. He really makes it, you, you sounded really sportastic on that. Thank you. Thank you. I've said those names more than once. Um, and uh, so right now they're and you know when they, that answered when, my next question, which is this: is this secretly about you? Do you just want a medal? That's what I was wondering. If you just wanted an Olympic medal? It, no, I mean I'm not going to be in it. <laughs> I wouldn't win the juniors. Are you kidding me? I couldn't beat a ten year old at juggling right now. I mean a good ten year old. I could beat a lot of ten year olds at juggling, but like a really good one, I couldn't. <laughs> maybe maybe. So, but like if I beat actually, a ten year old, you'll take that person down. Well, here, here's what we're doing, and this is the goal of the World Juggling Federation since I, I created it back in 2004, which was to increase the skill level across the board in juggling by uh, creating incentive for people to get better. So if juggling's on TV, juggling's on ESPN, there's going to be uh, more of a desire for people to, to reach the higher echelon of juggling and get on TV and, and win the overall championship. Um, and so I started thinking, well, I've done that. What, what's next? Well, everyone's always talking about how come juggling isn't in the Olympics. Everyone, oh, everyone, 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 <laughs> everyone, 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 <laughs> everywhere I go. That's the only thing they ask me. So I'm assuming they're all talking about it on their own, wherever they go. Wow. You know, that, that's, that's an icebreaker. If you, you go to speed dating, you go to a speed dating session, uh-huh. that's what they're talking about. And they only got 30 seconds. So that's all they're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, I'm listening to the Obama book, Promised Land, and I'm right in the middle of where he's talking about trying to get through to Putin and uh, nuclear arms. And he says, and while we're on the subject, 
Why the hell isn't juggling in the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't finished that yet? Are you still on it? Yeah. I'm listening to Springsteen's book, same thing. He goes to meet uh, Hammond, who, disco- who you know, gave Dylan yeah, his yeah. first record contract, and he's like, hey, if I could play for Columbia, that'd be great. Or if you want to put juggling in the Olympics, that's also pretty great. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's talking. It's subtle. It's only mentioned once, but it's there. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to be listening for it. Once it's on your radar, you hear everyone talking about it, even if they're not using the, the word. If this comes up after today for me, that's going to be something. <laughs> you won't. You will not be able to not hear it from this point forward, and that goes for everyone else who's listening. Was this your idea to do this to make an Olympic event? <laughs> well, no one's forcing me to do it. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, like <laughs> this is <laughs> blink with your eyes three times if you're being <laughs> hostage and forced <laughs> to push juggling into the Olympics. So here's what we're gonna do. I've created a curriculum. I've created a way that other people can become me in the teacher-trainer sense and become WJF-certified representatives to teach juggling to schools and, and other institutions, uh, boys and girls clubs, and, and get people started maximizing their potential with the best instruction from the beginning. Because as Penn, you advocate that the joy in discovery and learning all of the bad habits you've embedded in your false sense of accomplishment if you learn properly from the beginning, your potential is astronomical. But if you just try it and it works, and then you end up with a crooked shoulder that no one told you about while you were practicing, and your tongue was hanging out of your mouth, and now you can't juggle with your tongue in your mouth, kind of a problem. So if we have people teaching kids this from the very beginning, we have the next generation of Olympic jugglers who don't even know how to juggle right now, learning properly from the beginning. And so this is something that we're launching in the fall is this school program and this uh, WJF certification program. You're probably expecting people listening for me to argue with something Jason said about my style of juggling. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> I agree with pretty much everything he said. Okay. I think, yeah, I think it's indisputable. I think, though, if you are Don't trying- push it. Don't push it. <laughs> I think I will argue your side of it now. Okay. If you're trying to get joy and discovery out of something and then just leave it at that and move on to the next thing and not try to get better at it or, you know, at an Olympic level, then that's fine. Yeah. Whoa, this I did clicked. I can do it now. It's great. And you don't know what you look like and it's just the feeling, then move on. Sure. Well, you know, I sw- but if you show it to me, I'm going to correct stuff. I swim for exercise, right? And... Uh, now that should be an Olympic sport. Yeah, swimming. Yeah, yeah why isn't swimming an Olympic sport? <laughs> um, and a lot of water. Someone, so, yeah, they would never be able to get the pools and stuff organized. No. But um, <laughs> but I swim, and then my wife said to me, "You know, you could take lessons and swim better." And I said, "I'm swimming for exercise. Going faster, being more accomplished, yeah. does nothing. All the stuff I'm doing wrong is more exercise." There's little muscles that are being exercised <laughs> when I flail around like a drunken flounder. Uh, so I would say if you're juggling for, um, you know, getting your reflexes better and doing the, probably the little mistakes and the fuck-ups you're doing are fine. But I, I, I know this is going to be heartbreaking to you because you mentioned four people on your team and I realized what you were getting at. I don't want to go into the Olympics, Jason. <laughs> I don't. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, it would have been a, a grueling training regimen anyway. Um, it was like Gina, what's your name, uh, who wanted to go in for Gina archery? Ford. What's that? Oh, I thought you were talking about a juggler. I no, don't know. no. Um, uh, 
Who was married to Jeff Goldblum for a while? Uh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Gina Davis studied and got to be a studied, practiced, and got to be on the Olympic archery team. Did you know that? I did not know that. Gina Davis was on the Olympic archery team. Yeah. I ran into a Gina Davis at a Kukuru, which then subsequently burned down, but that was well after she was in there. She was out running in uh, Encino. Oh. I think I know what you're getting at. And I think we should make arson an Olympic sport. <laughs> and we only burn down world famous chickens at Cuckoo Roots. Uh, so, um, Jason, to get so what you're starting the school program in the fall? Yeah, we're starting in the fall. We've started the uh, uh, certification program now, so anyone can go. Who's this we? Is there, is there a mouse in your pocket? Who's this we? You know, I've had to re reorganize the whole organization, so there is a we. You know, you talk to people like Albert Lucas back in the 90s who thought he was going to get juggling into the Olympics and got as far as like a regional uh, endurance competition, and, and it was left at that. And he would refer to the we as we. And I asked him, who's this we? And it did trip him up a little bit, and there it was him. Uh, a lot of people, I think, when they're when they formed an organization and they're doing stuff and whatever, but it's just them. It's you know they use the word we. But I mean, we've got a board of directors. We've got a volunteer uh, group of people. I have a liaison to the International Olympic Committee, Kyle Reeser, who helped me put together you just the nine step name. roadmap. See, up until now, he was saying we, yeah. but never saying a name. Did you yeah, notice that? I did know. No that. name. Yeah. But now you've just given us a name of someone. That is not Jason Garfield. On our team. Right. Yes, on our team. If you go to our website, the WJF.com, go to About Us, there's all of the uh, the staff that we have, the uh, the volunteer staff, because it is a nonprofit organization, which was uh, what I was getting at. We've had to reformat the whole organization because one of the criteria for uh, submitting your sport to the Olympics is that it's run by a nonprofit. And just this past week, I got the confirmation that we are a 501c3 tax-exempt public charity. So... Uh, we've got that. So, you know, we, we're, we're working our way down the line of all the milestones we have to reach. The next one is to get recognition, uh, by the first organization that'll help us get to the next organization that we have to get a membership for that helps us get to the next organization that we need to get a membership for. All of these organizations help us get to those other organizations. Seems like maybe a Ponzi scheme or something. I'm not sure. But I mean, that's what everybody has to go through until they're submitted and recognized by the International Olympic Committee. And then they decide if your sport's going to be in the Olympics. You can be an International Olympic Committee recognized sport and still not get into the Olympics. Well, I've known, so you, I've known you for 16, 17 years or something, right? Haven't I known you that long, longer? Yeah. We met in 2003. Okay. So that's 17 years, I guess. It's 18. Um, and I got to tell you that if you need someone to vouch for the fact that the stuff you're doing has been nonprofit, I can tell you. <laughs> Of the entire I've been time telling I've people that for years. Yeah. yeah, I know. I've never yeah. seen you make a profit at anything. In fact, we're even less profit now that we're a nonprofit because we had to spend a lot of money to get the nonprofit status. So we had to. I had to hire people. I had to fill out forms. I had to. I had to pay for registration and 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 uh, submission fees. So now we're even less of a. Non there should be a status for less nonprofit than nonprofit means because in the whole nonprofit. Which isn't what you want to, what you'd want to show to investors if you're not a nonprofit. But I think um, you're right about that. Definitely, it's it's been an interesting um, goal. And from the beginning, I mean, the goal wasn't you know to make jugglers rich, really. <laughs> that, that <laughs> uh, because I think was, you're, you're that was part of my goal. Yeah, well, and that's why you got two <laughs> minutes of juggling in an hour and a half show. Yeah. Uh, you, you've, you've, you've figured out 
you've figured out how to hack the money out of juggling, which is the less the less juggling, the more money. <laughs> uh twenty twenty four, what's the goal? No, our our well, no. Our goal is twenty twenty eight. It's gonna take that long. Um yeah, just logistically with all the organizations and everything, all the criteria we have to meet. I mean, we've got a lot more affiliates that we have to create. Um, and uh, so it's going to take some time. But um, in the meantime, we're going to keep holding our events and skew it more toward the Olympic side. You know, as you know, you've been part of this. There's been a lot of humor injected into the programs that we've done, and we incorporated it within the Moxie games and all that. And I think I need to take a few steps back from that and take uh, some of the, you know, it's always been based on, you know, serious technical uh, Olympic sports style juggling. Uh, right. But I think we're going to get back to taking that a little bit more seriously since we are on our way toward trying to get into the Olympics. And I think, you know, the more it already looks like what it would look like in the Olympics, probably. The I just got fired as an announcer. That's all I heard. Yeah. 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 I just, I got fired. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can use the voice for other things. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about stamps.com uh, and some other stuff for like a minute or two. And then we're going to come back and find out how people can help you in your uh, quixotic quest to get uh, to get <laughs> I, I like that word. Yes. And uh, and we're going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about my experience with the Olympics, which I have been to live. Uh, I have I have Olympic stories. Um, are you still going to the post office? Still paying full price for postage? Well, thanks to Stamps.com, you don't have to anymore. You don't have to anymore. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less, with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. Stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every year. Stamps.com is a real longtime supporter of this show. Since 2012, they've been behind us, and I can't believe anybody listening is not using Stamps.com. Yeah, it's crazy. You use it for everything, right? Yeah. I mean, does a day go by you don't use stamps.com? I mean, certainly not a week. Certainly not a week, and I certainly never go to the post office. Yeah. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail. And I'm even trying hard to say any properly and not say any. Any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup and drop it off. It's that simple. And you've done that, right? You've called the post office. Yes. I get a lot of stuff here. Yeah, it's weird to have them come to your house and like they came, like this official thing comes to your house for you because you made a phone call. It's awesome. And they're nice people. Yeah. Yeah. And you get it all done and they go, boy, I'm glad you used stamps.com. Did a good job, Matt. Right? Yeah, it's implied. Okay, good. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use stamps.com. I got to think all our listeners, don't let Stamps.com yeah, know that. Yeah, we shouldn't tell them. We shouldn't tell them that. Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With my promo code, PEN, you get a special office that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in PEN. That's Stamps.com, promo code Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Let's talk about Masterclass, shall we? Oh, yeah. Now, already, you're a Masterclass freak, but we have got a Masterclass um, that we have done, Penn and Teller Teaching Magic, and it was really great to do. These guys, they really know how to lay it out and teach it and really give you 
a uh, a real class. I mean, yeah. and not only if you want to learn magic from us, you learn magic. If you don't, if you want to just learn about magic, you learn about magic. They get it laid out laid out really nicely with masterclass. You can learn from the world's best minds, which includes me. Yeah, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to juggle from uh, not juggle. No, you can't learn how to juggle. I get juggling on the brain. You can learn magic <laughs> from Penn and Teller. You can improve your cooking skills. Do all this stuff. Steve Martin teaches comedy. Do you know yes. that? Ron Howard teaches directing. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson teaches acting. They are not monkeying around. They have astronauts teaching you to be an astronaut, which I don't think is enough to go into space. Yeah. But they do They do teach that. Now, um, uh, Reddy, what have you been studying in Masterclass lately? Most recently, I did Thomas Keller, the chef. Oh, really? Yeah. And what did you learn to cook? Well, I don't want to talk about what I learned to cook so much as I felt like I learned every little detail. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, Michelin-starred restaurant, mm-hmm. and I felt like he covered every little detail that it would take for you to get a Michelin star. Oh, fascinating. Really? Yeah, it's very, very thorough. I believe he's got uh, three classes on there now, so something like 40 hours worth of material. Uh-huh. And do you look at the supplementary material as well? I do. And uh, the, 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 all the written stuff? And it's so well produced. It's really amazing how it's uh, feature film quality they put out. And you can listen to them in any order, watch them in any order, learn, learn wherever you want, wide topics. Uh, uh, you learn completely cinema quality. That's one of the things that kills me. And the lessons can go in any order that you want. Lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length, fit easily into everyday life. And uh, there's all this extra stuff too. It's really, really a good thing. Yeah. I loved working with them. And people come back to us all the time having loved, loved our masterclass on that. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. You get them all at once for one price. And as a uh, Penn Sunday School listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash pen. That's masterclass.com slash pen for 15% off your masterclass. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, now we're back to Jason Garfield. Now, uh, Jason, my uh, buddy, Mark Wheeler, who is a geologist, um, was going to be in the Olympics as a fencer. And then he tore a muscle in the back of his leg and couldn't be in it. But he was still into fencing. Now, I used to go see him, and I had never been to a sports event uh, at all. I mean, I guess high school they made me do certain stuff, but I'd never seen the whole sporting event all the way through. And Wheeler invited me to his fancy fencing club, which were all the Olympic quality guys were working there before the Olympics. And I was reprimanded because I thought what you did at sporting events was to yell. <laughs> so I was yelling, hey, Wheeler, stick that guy. Stick that motherfucker. Stick him. Stick him. Stick him, Wheeler, go, go, Wheeler, go. Stick him, stick him. He's a loser. At the top of my lungs. <laughs> and they came up and said, uh, be quiet. And I said, but this is a sports thing. 
we're supposed to yell. And they said, not at fencing. I said, I can't yell, stick that motherfucker? They said, no. I couldn't even spell it out like S-T-I-C-K, stick that motherfucker. Couldn't even do that. <laughs> so I went up to, I went up to Wheeler uh, quietly, and I said, this guy's a fucking loser, man. Stick him. Stick him right in the nuts. Stick that sword in his nuts. That's what I said. Take him down. Um, they did not like me. But then when I promised that I would not yell, they, they let me go when the Olympics were in L.A. I went to the Olympic fencing in L.A. That was the one where Steve Wozniak's wife got busted for scalping tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was at that one. Did you buy her tickets? I didn't buy her tickets. I didn't buy any tickets. The fencing club gave them to me. Wow. In, in, in exchange for shutting up at their fencing competitions. <laughs> and I went, and it was, uh, you know, it was fencing. Yeah. And I stayed did like- motherfuckers got stuck? Yeah, they did. And I stayed like 15 minutes. <laughs> so I've seen 15 minutes of the Olympics live and none on TV. Now- what I want to know is, if juggling's in the Olympics, will you be able to yell in a sporty way like I thought people did, or will it be all quiet library like fencing? Well, first, I like the fact that you had to submit an appeal uh, to the board of the Olympic Committee and, and let them know that you promised not to scream anymore, and then they let you back in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a process for getting back in after you're kicked out for screaming. Knowing that, though, I do know what seats I will reserve for you at the juggling event. So I think <laughs> if you're in the seats I reserve for you, you can scream all you want. It won't be a problem for you. Throw that thing in the air. Catch it. Catch it. <laughs> catch it. Throw it. Throw it. Catch it. Catch it. I, I think you were motiva motivated by the, um, uh, you know, the one-on-one uh, -on -one element yeah. of fencing. Like, if it, if it were combat juggling, I think you might be inspired to scream, stick what that I guy. Was, but... The only thing I knew about sports was like in movies, they show like sports fans screaming like freaks. Right? right, yeah. Now, when they go to like football and basketball, don't they yell stuff like that? The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they yell like hit him in the nutsack, right? All the time. And spelling. I, th I think it was just a lack of experience with other sports. Like if you'd gone, if you'd gone to a, a golf event, I think you might have noticed that there's, there's different protocols and etiquette for uh, when... When to scream and what to scream. You yell, whack that ball hard. Whack it, tiger, whack it. Right? <laughs> Put it gentle now, tiger. Put it gentle. But when does spelling come into it? Because in my high school, there was spelling involved. Yeah, definitely. Well, that usually happens before you, that, that's when you're, when you're creating all of your literature for holding up your letter. When you're, you've got to stand next to the right person to spell the right thing and you hold up your letter. Or you're a cheerleader. I'm not not sure which one you're talking. There's about. The, you know like a J E T S Jets 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 when you cheer for the Jets, obviously. Okay, yeah, that's a spelling one, and, and that's all conducted by the the cheer and the yell leaders. We don't have those. Okay, we don't we don't have cheerleaders, yell leaders. We don't have water. It's a low barrier to entry into the Olympics. They just bring their balls and they're good to go. I just figured out my pocket into this whole juggling thing. What's that? I can lead the cheering. I can be the cheering guy. <laughs> Now, um, is there going to be, I know this is not the, the avenue you want me to go down because no one cares, but I do. Um, are you going to have to have really clear specifications on what constitutes a ball, a club, and a ring for this stuff? Mm. Uh, 
I don't think you have to, uh, but I think a lot of a lot of sports in the Olympics do have that. And I think we we've actually talked about this, and, and I've thought about it. And I think uh, it's pretty much the the criteria for a club and a ball and a ring is going to fit in the range of what the best are using anyway, because it it kind of works against you if the ring is too big, and it works against you if the ring is too small. I mean, they're they're designed at the the size and the weight that they are now to be optimal for juggling. There's no cheating it. Um, like if you, you think, oh, well, just smaller balls, you can fit more of them up there. Okay. The smaller the ball, less control over you have over it, the less weight it is. Like if you ever try to juggle little pebbles, even three is, is, you know, a daunting task. Little pebbles is a rapper. <laughs> does not like to be thrown in the air. <laughs> no. Right. So it, and it, it, what do you get for doing that? You know, it, it, it works against you in both scenarios. So there's, there's no reason for that. There were. I read about this. There were swimsuits in the Olympics that they outlawed because they're not outlawed, that they did not allow because they made people go too fast. Right. I want to hear about the swimsuit that they outlaw. I want to hear more <laughs> about that one. The swimsuit specifically robbed a bank. Here, here's a case where it might work to your benefit. If a club is like a stick, like if one end isn't bigger than the other one, then you can catch either side equally easy. So there's no incentive for the catch it on the handle rule because all your juggling is handles. So that would be a criteria that we would set. Like the, the, the shell of the club has to be a certain diameter, something like that, relative to the, the diameter of the handle. So yeah, we'll have stuff like that. But that's like the easiest thing. Like, you know, that's, that's the easiest hurdle to overcome. All we have to do is decide what it is and then hurdles? it the reality. Hurdles? <laughs> You're already using Olympic... Terminology right in your regular speech, Jason. So focused. You're making. You're make. You're doing this, man. Now I've been doing this since 2004. I mean, the whole scoring criteria was based off of the gymnastics code of points for the Olympics. So from the beginning, I was I put together the scoring as if it were Olympic. Now, event. when did so, your first? When did the first juggling should be in the Olympics sentence pop into your noggin? Oh, this this went back. This has gone back even before World Juggling Federation. Like I told you, people have been talking about this nonstop, nonstop. since the beginning of time. Nonstop. You just have to have your radar turned on for it. Now, do you? Uh, are you a fan of the Olympics? Olympics? Do you watch the Olympics? I, I do. Yeah, it's it's very motivating and inspiring. And uh, I, my favorite sport is probably gymnastics, which is why I um I use gymnastics as kind of the template, the floor program. Look. To me, uh, the most similar to a juggling routine, uh, because you're doing a bunch of stuff in a short amount of time to music, and it's kind of performed uh, in the sense of you're performing the moves, but it's not showy, and obviously we're not going to be wearing the, the the onesies or the unitards, whatever they're called, that the the gymnastics wear. Although I think that could only help increase viewership. There also won't be the prurient attraction, right, that there is for gymnastics? The, the, the who? Prurient. No, there won't be. No. Mainly because I don't know what that is. Okay. So if I haven't heard of it, we're not having it. <laughs> now, I don't uh, need to know what it is. I know we don't have anything called that. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, now, uh, but jugglers, will there be a dress code for what they wear when they go out there? Yeah, there'll be. I mean, we have one now. We have a, a, a general uh, uniform requirement, uh, which is basically like, um, you know, a sport uniform, something that looks like a soccer jersey or... Um, uh, you know, so, something that just, you know, looks like you're, you're, you're doing an athletic activity, not like a tank top, not like a wife beater. Is there any glitter on it? There's no glitter. No, that's one thing that's been outlawed and, uh, <laughs> okay. not just, not just banned, but actually outlawed. I, I submitted an appeal for that. Gemstones, any like rhinestone, bedazzle, what are we looking at? No bedazzling. Okay. 
You know, we do allow the clubs to be decorated with a little bit of mylar, and that's as far as it goes. You know, like um, rhythmic gymnastics is the closest I think that they've come right. to a juggling type thing in the Olympics, and that's that's crazy. I mean, they're throwing they only do two things, but they're throwing them really high. You know, you know three times the height for uh, you know two thirds of the minimal props that we would accept. But um, there's there's precedent for it. I think um, I think if you go back into the 70s or 60s or something, there was club swinging in the Olympics. Uh, so they don't even let go of those. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, I I can certainly see it happening. I can certainly see it. It seems like a good idea. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Uh, what is your uh, harebrained scheme for getting uh, money for this? Donations primarily. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. so we have. Uh, so I created this. Uh, Initial founders, uh, supporters, uh, the first 10 people to donate $10,000 get forever commemorated as the founding supporters of the juggling in the Olympics movement. Uh, we've got eight so far, so we need two more. And the deal is nobody has to pay up until we get 10. So like there's might be some people saying, yeah, you'll never get there. Sure. Count me in. Uh, and there might be some people that are actually helping us get to that goal, but we're two away. So two more people who want to be forever commemorated and we're working on the graphic now. So your face will be there in this artistic design of 10 minimal 10 people i mean it's we're not cutting people off at 10 we'll accept 20 people at 10,000. don't get me wrong on that we're not stopping the fundraising efforts once we get to 100,000, because this is going to be an ongoing thing over the next you know six seven fifty years where we're constantly going to need money for it <laughs> he said six seven fifty years I'm not going to put it. It's not, there's not going to be an end to it. It's only going to get bigger and better and evolve. So, um, so yeah. So with that, as a nonprofit, we constantly need money. We're constantly going to be fundraising and there's going to be annual expenses for this. And uh, a lot of that is going to go into the grants for the school program. There's going to be a lot of schools that can't afford to have our program, but we won't, we don't want that to be the barrier to entry. We want everyone to be able to experience this, try it, see if it works because it's just a numbers game. You know, there are the world's best juggler in 2028 is out there somewhere not juggling at all. And we have to change that. So by getting all of these certified representatives and affiliates doing this worldwide, uh, we have a better chance of finding whoever that would be. And that that's probably going to be more than one person. But um, so with that, we need to inject a lot of money into this so that we create jobs for jugglers so that they can get paid to go out and do the program. The school who can't afford it doesn't have to pay for it. Those that can will. And that's that's great. That'll keep that going, but uh, we need to be prepared uh, to, you know, be able to pay for this so that we can reach as many people as possible. Where are we donating? Uh, the WJF.com slash donate. And um, hold on. Hold on. I prepared this this uh, video presentation for the audio podcast. Perfect. So you go to a page like this. The video there uh, of of uh, of Penn endorsing it, which is basically the, the whole intro to this podcast. You'll just see it again in video form. Okay. Uh, we'll be there. So. Yeah, so we have, so it depends on how you prefer to donate. We've got Venmo, we've got a GoFundMe set up on that page. Um, we accept Bitcoin, and, uh, you know, however you choose to transfer any sort of currency to us, we will take it. You know, I re- I'm, re- I'm reminded by one of the, um, of one of the really surreal uh, moments uh, that I experienced. I was watching the Jerry Lewis telethon. Uh, in the eighties, I think when Jerry Lewis was still doing the muscular dystrophy telethon. And there's a moment in the middle of the night that I remember as watching live, but it may have been talked about so much that I'm misremembering maybe a false memory where Jerry Lewis looks into the camera and says, now the drug dealers who are watching, uh, 
I don't approve of what you do, but I need your money for my kids. So please, drug dealers, call now and donate some money to Muscular District. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. So I think you should say now we accept Bitcoin. So the Russian hackers that took down the pipeline and the meatpacking, we don't approve of what you did. Yeah. But if you want juggling in the Olympics, if you think you Russians can beat us Americans, donate the money now in Bitcoin completely anonymously. Because if you had an anonymous circle there as your founders with, you know, Russian hackers written in it, it'd be pretty wonderful. Well, and it would be anonymous, so we wouldn't know if it came from the Russian hackers or not. We would just put our address up there, and then the Bitcoin would come in. We wouldn't know where it came from, and we couldn't confirm it. You know, unless we were the government, then somehow I think they can figure out a way to. They found a way. They did find a way. way But I don't. I don't think we're on their radar yet. We might be if the Russian hackers give us some Bitcoin. I think it might be a, a, a reverse awareness. By following, oh, wait, this this juggling thing might be just a money laundering scheme for the Russian hackers. So I don't think that'll happen. I think if that happens, that's only going to be good because there is no such thing as bad press. But I don't think... Lee Harvey Oswald said that. (laughs) Uh, I always thought some of the best press would be if a guy robbed a bank and then juggled five balls before he left. And then you saw that on the security camera. (laughs) It would get, it would, you know, hey, this, this bank robber juggled five balls before he ran out. And then juggling is on the news. That was before I got the idea for doing the sport for ESPN. So that was like the, my right, first. Let's let's rob a bank and juggle on on the camera. No, wait, wait. Let's do it for ESPN. Okay, much better. <laughs> so it's still on the it's still on a post-it note somewhere. It still might happen. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's just on the post-it note. I don't think it'll happen. I think it's, it's it's framed as you know an alternate reality direction that this could have gone somewhere. In the, the multitude of multiverses, some some version of me robbed or got someone else to rob a bank and juggle before they left. And it had to be five balls. Three balls wouldn't make the news as much. I think My, five yeah. balls because it's like, wow, he was a good juggler also. It's not like because, you know, anyone could do pen could rob a bank, juggle three balls and leave. But to do five demonstrates, well, this person really put some thought into this and practice and train for it like Catherine Zeta-Jones. In, uh, in uh, you know, before she broke into the bank and had to go through that whole gymnastic routine over all the lasers and everything. <laughs> Entrapment. That was the name of it. Entrapment with um, yeah, yeah. the other, the old guy. Yeah, Sean Connery. The guy from The Rock. Yeah, the guy from The Rock. But um, Not Nicolas Cage. Uh, you've tried, I'm sure, to find a way that, uh, like gymnastics by Catherine Zeta-Jones, juggling could be a plot point in a movie. I've thought about that a lot, and boy, it it's a hard nut to crack. <laughs> I think, well, here's my plan for that. I think once we get it into the Olympics, because that's not the end goal. The end goal is to create a movie around juggling, but it has to get into the Olympics first. And then if you all watch Best of the Best with James Earl Jones and Eric Roberts, it'll be like that. That's, that's a, a karate tournament, um, much like the Olympics, only, uh, only juggling. So you just replace martial arts with juggling. You've got the whole, the whole training montage, the whole you know, training camp. And then all of the different other countries that are doing their own unique brand of training. And then they all come together and juggle off. And you're thinking by the time this happens and there's a montage, you're kind of playing the Burt Young role in Rocky, right? Or Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith, yeah. Burgess Meredith, yeah. You're kind of the old, withered Burgess Meredith guy training the young jugglers. I, I wouldn't want to get, I wouldn't want to go through the physical training required to look 
that part, I don't suppose. <laughs> so maybe a, a try again, maybe a different character from a different different movie where uh, someone who was right, more... Shire than Rocky. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but as, as you can see here on the video, so one of the things I wanted to, uh, to, to touch on are the many benefits of juggling, which, Penn, I'm sure you know, because it's I not do. just juggling for juggling's sake. Okay. You know, there's a lot of crossover with this, not just in eye-hand coordination and reaction time and how that crosses over and is used in football and baseball to increase uh, your skill in those other sports. It's just, you know, catching and throwing abilities, right? Yeah. So uh, this also transfers over to how you deal with your life, with, you know, overcoming obstacles and achieving goals. I really think it's because of all my training and juggling that I'm now trying to get juggling into the Olympics, and it has nothing to do with the actual juggling part of it, but the the part of it where you don't get overwhelmed with all the different step, steps it takes to get to, like, juggling 10 balls. Like, if you can't juggle at all, and someone shows you 10 balls and says, that's what you're going to work on now, you know, that can be intimidating and overwhelming. But when you go through the process of the step-by-step -step approach to learning, I think that in and of itself sets you up to... to achieve any goal because you don't get overwhelmed by you the first thing you think of is all right what's the first step what's the second step what do i have to you know you create a roadmap for getting there so through this school program i think that's one of the many benefits and it's, it's all on the website the wjf.com slash schools it goes over the whole um the whole program and all the benefits so even if your end game isn't getting into the olympics there's still a lot of benefits to be had just from learning how to juggle even just getting to you know three balls four balls five balls and stopping there there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. You know, I uh, uh, when I learned to juggle and I was about twelve, the focus of juggling every day and practicing and getting better, not in the way Jason would want me to, but in my own way. Um, right. Uh, it was really. It is the template for how I learn everything now. It is a template for how I learn Spanish. It's the template for how I studied poetry. It's the template for how we do every single trick in the show is uh, learning a skill. And, you know, uh, there's the, uh, the harmony that, uh, you know, 80% of it is showing up. And uh, learning that skill, uh, juggling is very good at that. If, because uh, not going for Olympics, but if you show up a half hour a day and focus and work on juggling, you get better in a way that you can see. And the thing I love about learning juggling, very different from most other skills, is that at the early level, at the entry level, it is a very, very simple scoring thing. You know, when you're 12, 13, 14 years old, um, knowing that you're doing something well can be very, very difficult. Right. Knowing that whether you're a good guitar player or a good drummer, uh, knowing whether you're doing dance right, uh, sports, uh, it all can be very confusing and overwhelming. Am I getting to be a good scientist? You, very hard to tell. But juggling, I could not keep these four things in the air without them hitting the floor two weeks ago. Now I can. And uh, some of the stuff I did psychologically learning was not uh, moving me ahead in terms of my juggling skill but learn moving me very far ahead in terms of my life skills. You know, like, um, can I juggle for three hours? Right. You know, without any mistakes. Can I just juggle for three hours? And you do that, and there's a sense of accomplishment where you've set a goal that you can't cheat on, you know? And uh, 
everything else, especially when you're in show business, everything else you can cheat on. Well, you know, I didn't get that laugh as big as I wanted because it wasn't the right kind of crowd. Right. You know, or uh, it was too hip for the room. It was, you've always got this, you know, it was the, uh, the other guy. It was this, it was that, the way it looked. It was the feeling in the room. Those things hit the floor. You failed. Those things didn't hit the floor, which is more important. You succeed. And um, in the early steps, any way you succeed is okay. And that's a, that's a really wonderful thing to learn. And I think that it's, uh, it's a very, very powerful uh, life skill goal. You know, like the person with a hammer, everything's a nail. You know, I use juggling as that tool. I'm sure many, many other things fill that. But juggling for me was so clear. And also juggling is a great thing. Um, you know, uh, 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 Gary Carr, um, probably the best classical bass player who ever lived. You know, uh, Gary's kind of a friend of mine, phenomenal bass player, uh, said to me he really wanted to learn to juggle. Because when he was uh, young, uh, uh, his father did not approve of his uh, lack of throwing and catching ability and did not approve of him being a great bass player. And he always wanted to learn to juggle. So I worked with him and taught him to juggle. And it was really interesting to see how so many of his best bass player ever lived skills went into juggling and also the joy of that not being. Yeah. He, he loved the fact that it wasn't like, uh, well, the F's in tune, but the vibrato's not exactly right. Right. You phrase the Bach in a slightly different way than I think Bach would have liked it. I just did three balls for 10 throws. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and there's something really nice about that. Yeah. Also, if it enters your life at just the right moment, like for me, there was, I was not interested in anything else that was going on in school. I was not uh, part of any sports. I, I, I had no athletic ability. And uh, so juggling, I didn't realize juggling would become an athletic thing. But um, it does at, at the higher levels, especially when you get into 360s and uh, higher numbers. Just juggling seven balls alone can get your heart rate up to like 140, 150. And uh, that combined with all the 360s. And what you said before, you know, the worse you are at it, the more exercise it is for you. As you're learning all of this stuff, you're getting a lot of exercise in doing 360s incorrectly. You're throwing higher. So if that enters a kid's life at a point where they're not, you know, if they're not eating right, they don't know anything about nutrition, they don't know anything about exercise and they just don't engage in anything that can give them these skills that you can apply to other aspects of your life, you know, that can be life-changing. Um, and that's why I've also incorporated nutrition within my, my, my training criteria because uh, this isn't out yet. I'm working on this right now. It's, uh, the working title is Olympic juggling, of course. So it's basically training to be the best Olympic juggler. And a lot of it, just like in any other sports, you know, you don't just do the sport. There's there's cross training with that. There's you know getting your body in shape for whatever sport it is that you're doing. There's different types of training protocols to maximize your potential in the actual sport. So juggling is an endurance sport, and with it, so it's not like based off of you know it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Both equally can reach you know you know the top of that, and that's also why we we have mixed gender competitions. We don't have a men's division or a women's division. Um, we experimented with women's divisions before, but the, the, the open division was always open to ball. So we're just, we're just keeping it open. And that, that has precedent in the Olympics as well and some other sports like, uh, equestrian. But, um, 
this enters a kid's life and you know you learn all these things basically everything that i've learned is all imparted into this and you know it's a lot to take in and it can really change your life right from the beginning so yeah you know there's there's many valid reasons and also there's a kind of um there's a kind of focus from juggling uh that turns off uh as as important as focuses it also turns off certain parts of your mind there's um there's time when i'm juggling which is rare for me and very rare now when I am really in the pocket of just working on the juggling. And there's a kind of uh, meditative uh, type quality that, co that comes about. I know that you are very, very active in your practicing, but there's also a, um, a passive kind of practicing that um, is really kind of beautiful. And I find that, uh, when I was under a lot of, um, a lot of pressure, you know, 15 minutes of juggling, just trying to work on a trick, uh, mm. is, is a way to get the mind in a whole different place. And I uh, find it very useful. Yeah. Stress relief. A lot of people use it for that as well. And yeah, just, you know, creating tunnel vision on, I'm just doing this one thing. You can't really think about anything else and yeah. still do well at that one thing. And if you are successful enough, there will be a smear campaign against this becoming a sport. Are you prepared to answer all the anti-stuff that people will be constructing to been, shoot down juggling? You're a little behind on that. The smear campaign started even before really? I started working on getting You know, the, the sport versus art debate that's been going oh, on okay. for decades. Yeah, that's one of the things. If there's time in a 30-second speed dating session, they will start talking about that if they, if they get past the It's an part. art. In fact... If you, that's how you know if you're compatible with somebody <laughs> or not when you're speed dating. The first question is juggling, art, sport. And you know right there if you're meant to be together <laughs> or not. You really do. You really, and you, you could either not even have a, uh, a dog in that fight at all, yeah. and you still know if you're compatible or not. Right. That's <laughs> because, I mean, it really, it's, you know, it's whatever you want to do with it. You know, anyone who says you shouldn't, you can't do it that way. That's the most closed-minded view. I mean, I have a very specific view of juggling in a specific, but I'm not saying you in your own venue out there, don't do that. No, don't don't put on the tutu. Don't put on the spandex and the sequins. Don't go out on stage and juggle and eat the apple. Don't do that. I will say don't, don't you know, don't say it's, it's the most difficult thing in juggling in the world. I mean, don't lie, but go ahead and juggle and eat an apple. Sure. I mean, if it makes money, don't say you created it. You didn't. Nobody did. It's, it's been around for so long, I'm pretty sure it goes back several incarnations of the universe. So we really don't know anyone, and nobody in this universe created it. It's just been going on forever, forever. Have you, um, you sound like you're talking about something. Does someone claim to create eating the apple? No, it's just a general, I, I mean, there are unethical performers in, you know, in every industry, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure yes. there are people that will do a juggling show and say that they're juggling the most amount of balls that have ever been juggled. They might even say it's 30 and they do five. I don't know. I just know there's a lot of lying to get the reaction that you want from the audience, but you're also educating that audience uh, right. inaccurately. And so they'll go around and say, Hey, I saw the best juggler in the world. I'm like, yeah, sure you did. Uh, but now a lot of that is kind of has come around because of the WJF people have seen the shows on TV and then they go to street performers and they're asking them, Hey, do you know, Vova Galchenko. And, you know, right there, you're busted because the fact that that person knows Vova Galchenko, the juggler who can juggle seven clubs and do three sixties and uh, is way better probably than any juggler on the street you'll ever see. Um, you know, that street performer is not going to get away with saying, you know, he's juggling five balls and no one else has ever done it. 
So um, the point of all that is basically uh, do whatever you want with it. And this is what we're doing for the sport of it. But I, there's a lot of resistance from some people in the artistic community um, that it shouldn't be done, uh, which is interesting because on the sport side, there's no resistance the other way. When you first talked to me about it, I, I, uh, I, did, I did bristle about that uh, for a moment. And, and uh, it's a really interesting thing. And part of the reason is because um, when I uh, started juggling, uh, which would have been 1970, you know, juggling was still an outsider thing. It was still associated with circus. It was still associated with uh, uh, outside of society. And when the hippie movement brought in juggling to college campuses, I was bothered by that because I didn't want juggling normalized. There are some people, mm. uh, the first guy, I ever met in show business, we were at a, we were at a state fair, uh, no, county fair in Massachusetts, and there was a juggler. We'd learned to juggle on our own. And Mike Motion and I went to the fair, and there was a guy juggling. And we couldn't believe he had juggling clubs, because we couldn't get juggling clubs. We didn't know where you got them. And he had them out there, and he did his show. And we went backstage and waited for a long time to talk to him. And we said to him, um... We're jugglers too. We're trying to learn. Can we find out stuff from you about this? And he said, fuck off. And that gave me the idea that it was this kind of special, mm. mystical place you could be in. And um, I have to say, at that time, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that it was a club that you couldn't right. easily get into. And when they started teaching circus arts at colleges and started coming around and making that easy to do, um, I was really resistant to that because I wanted it to be a skill of an outsider and not a sports skill. Because I had the people that did sports were within the system and the jugglers were outside of the system. And I really enjoyed that. And I've outgrown that. You know, I've outgrown that a lot. Uh, but when you first brought into going to the next level, getting into all the schools and the Olympics, the thing is that when people like um, like Owen Morse and you and people like that learned to juggle, people like me were phased out of it. Yeah, and uh, I would I would be able to in the seventies be considered a real juggler. People would come to see the show and say that's what a juggler looks like. That's a juggler. Pendulette's a juggler. And by the time you hit the 80s, that's no longer true. And by the time you hit the 90s, it's laughable. And by the time you get into the 21st century, I'm not even on the, I'm not even within the vision of jugglers. And I had to watch that and accept that as people get really, really good. Yeah, I think what that means, and there's this crossover to other industries as well. Like I can think of, you know, computers making video editing easier and more accessible. Yes, exactly. Cameras yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheaper. You get this fear like, I'm going to have to work harder now to because now there's going to be so many more people trying this. Yeah, yeah. My meager skills are no longer going to cut it. Like before, just owning the equipment was enough. Wow, your camera produces, yeah, there's no skill inherent. It's just yeah. the fact that you, you bought the prop and you used it and then, wow, it works on its own. Now you actually have to develop some skills around that. Yep. So it sounds a lot like that in juggling. Where I think it's true. You know, I think it's true about everything. And there's no doubt about it. 
There's no doubt about it that it's good. It's good for the world. It's good for people. It's good for everybody. But there's going to be people who go, geez, I, 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 I wish uh, just being able to do three balls still meant something. Yeah, right. Well, that'd be lazy people. Yeah. But I think the one thing <laughs> that you want to... Me. The, the one thing that you want to think about, and this is what I would say to the artistic community, uh, the self-proclaimed artists or the ones that are actually vindicated by other artistic authorities, if there is such a thing in juggling, which is you cannot have artistic juggling without juggling. And you cannot have juggling without learning how to juggle. And you cannot, you absolutely cannot have artistic juggling with bad juggling. Okay, maybe you can if you make that your thing. Like, here's, here's an artistic representation of the struggles of trying to, of perfection and you, you don't reach it or whatever. Oh, let me write this down. Yeah, because you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Anyone could do that. Okay. I mean, not every, you have to be, you have to be, you have to create it a little intelligently. But Thank you, you can, like, if you, if you look at a, an, a you know, a self-proclaimed artistic uh, presentation of juggling, once they get to seven balls, there is no art there. There is nothing but concentrating on not dropping seven balls. The art may resume after that, whatever it is, a little dancey thing, a little pose, um, changing your vest into a different color or something. Now we're talking. But you have to have the skill down so solid that you can focus on the presentation of it. And so that's what the sport of juggling does. It encourages everybody to learn the skills the right way. And then no one's saying, hey, you can't leave the sport and go do a show on a cruise ship or in Vegas or whatever. Sure, go ahead. Um, you know, they, they label these things circus skills in the circus, but really... You know, gymnastics is not a circus skill. It's a skill that's used in the circus, but they get the order of, of it backwards sometimes. So when you label juggling as a circus skill, that's also the opposite order of that. It's it's a skill that's used in the circus. But and you know, the exact same thing. The exact same thing is true for guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, people that were absolute monsters that no one could do any of this stuff. The uh, students come out of Berkeley School of Music in Boston, being able to do stuff that was impossible. Three years before, you know, oh, yeah. you've got people like Steve Vai, you know, who, um, who, you know, Eddie Van Halen stuff that when he was first doing, it was impossible. Everybody 14 years old does that now on guitar. Yeah. Everybody's Eddie Van Halen. So it's not, juggling is not special in any way, uh, in that way, in the sadness of that, because, you know, um, even Hendrix, you know, you want to have this feeling that no one could ever play like Hendrix. Well, the fact of the matter is, a lot of people can play like Hendrix oh. now. Well, it's, my, when my brother played basketball in high school, right? If someone dunked, that was like, oh my God, you have to call timeout. The other team is so embarrassed yeah. that a dunk happened on them. The momentum is too far in their direction. We need to take a timeout to collect ourselves. Yeah. Now people just dunk all the time yeah. in games. It's just, it's just two points. So if you think that juggling yeah. should be an Olympic sport, or yeah. you think that you want to learn to juggle, or you think you want to help people teach other people to juggle, yeah. or you think that Jason Garfield is A-OK, yeah. then you should go to WJF.com. W- the, the. Someone's got WJF.com. Uh, oh, Jesus. Holder. I think Albert Lucas bought it when he found out the name of my organization. Yeah, so we have the WJF.com. T-H-E-W-J-F.com slash. Slash pen. Donate. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <They don't> have- <laughs> but if they go to T-H-E-W-J-F dot com, they'll get to any place they want to be. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, exactly. I hope there's uh, there's a couple of people that want to drop uh, 10 bucks on this whole thing and get, uh, you know, be a founder and get uh, their 10 grand in and 
pay that up and get it on there and forever be remembered. Because I think, uh, I, you know, uh, I am someone who is always willing to say that you're going to fail, Jason. But I think you might pull this off. I really think you might. We are already closer to getting juggling in the Olympics now than anyone has ever gotten before. Mm-hmm. We are already, and everything that I do gets us closer than anyone has ever gotten before. You know, we're we're uh, iconoclasts, we're trailblazers, we're getting farther. You know, that's mainly because no one's ever tried to do it, but that doesn't matter. The fact is, we're there, and we're at the top. We're at the forefront of the sport of juggling. We're the global governing body of the sport of juggling. We're spreading out like a virus all over the world, creating affiliates and WJF certified representatives. Uh, so I don't see how we lose. I don't see it. And for, and for our listeners, just remember how funny it is to be the 10th one, right? <laughs> Nine people are like, I'll never have to pay. And then you show up and everyone has to pay. Yeah. It's really funny to be 10th. Yeah, it's really funny to be 10th. That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And you become naked. Uh, yeah, BWJF.com. Jason Garfield. Check it out. Be a juggler. And now that speed dating is starting up again with the vaccine in place and stuff, yeah. juggling, art or sport, lead with that. <laughs> and the sex train will pull up. You know we love you. You got anybody to thank there? Uh, I sure do. I want to thank Jacob McCulley. Ready is the hero we all deserve. Go Pfizer fam. Kirill Vershowski. Oh, I'm starting that fam thing again. Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin, Matthew Roush, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Brian and Michelle Laddle, Music Man, XGD Falcon, Larry Latoup, Jamie Thrasher, Rachel Hawkins, Mark Smith, Jake Schneider, Peter Hoke, Mark Hauser, Doug Hirschberger, Jeremy Davidson, Robin Garnett, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R. 20... Sorry, I always want to say 2022, and it's just Jeremy R. 22. It's, that's it. It's that easy. <laughs> Winter Wierkowski, thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash pen. Okay, thanks a lot. That's it. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. Nobody else wants to take a swipe at the Olympics hosting club swinging? What? No, I, I don't... No. I mean, no one's even doing juggling but me. I mean, how? what's the bandwidth for getting juggling-related things into the Olympics? The squarest guy in the crew has to take that joke? I, I missed it. Yes, is the answer. Club swinging in the, in the Olympics. Yeah, you're saying, should we bring that back? I'll just uh, stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.